0: a fair amount of consideration to our waistline whether rolling it to the sweet sounds of soca or shrinking it from way too much indulgence but maybe we should spare a few more thoughts for what lies below the waistline today on chat chat we have dr rashida Daisley, medical director of the barbados family planning association and vice president of the barbados association of endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome pcos so Welcome, Dr. Daisy, and thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yeah. a pleasure.
0: Excellent. So today I want to talk a bit about sexual and reproductive health, you know, which means that people are able to have a safe and satisfying sex life, and they have the capability to reproduce and the freedom to decide if, when, and how often. Okay. So maybe we could start with what is the mandate, you know, the role of the Barbados Family Planning Association?
1: Okay, so in the role of Barbados Family Planning Association is basically to bring these um, sexual and reproductive services to the persons and make it more accessible for persons. I think we'll get into it a little bit later, but obviously healthcare on a whole and specifically sexual and reproductive health, there are a number of barriers um, to accessing it. So our mandate really is to make more affordable and accessible care for persons regardless of their class, their ethnicity, especially their gender and sexual orientation.
0: Okay. Okay. Good. So, I mean, as the new medical director, maybe I should say newish, because, I mean, <laughs> you, you've been there a little while, but still relatively yeah. new, I suppose. Um, um, So, what are your goals? You know, what do you want to achieve by the end of your tenure? You know.
1: Okay. Um. So as my my role as medical director I do have a dual role so I do work clinically still where I would assess treat and manage patients with a variety of conditions Um, but obviously I do have quite a large um, administrative role in terms of leading the clinic per se Mm -hmm. Um, I am part of a larger management team for the BFPA so we do have our executive director Anderson Langdon as well as our financial um, controller Miss Sonia Alline and our executive assistant Miss Nicole Gollop. so I am part of that large um, team but specifically for the the clinic itself I do want to raise awareness of the scope of services that BFPA offers because mm-hmm. I think especially when I first joined um, some persons actually were not aware I do every week I get at least one patient that's shocked that we're actually still open and <laughs> oh, um, because okay. I think you person's remember the fire that would have um, occurred before I joined
0: yeah that's true and
1: Right. So they're not aware that we're actually still functioning. So we do um, get patients that come in and are not aware of that. So I do want to raise that awareness that we're in, in, in fact still here mm-hmm, and we're mm-hmm. doing great work. Um, additionally, I want to broaden the scope of, of, of our services as well. So many times in persons here with family planning, they only think of like contraceptions mm-hmm, or, medical, yeah. or termination of pregnancies. But we do offer so many other services, especially in a clinical setting. So we do offer GP services. Mm-hmm. And in terms of sexual and reproductive health, it's not just contraception and so on. But even my role as a, um, in terms of endometriosis and PCOS, um, advocating as well as seeing patients, particularly in the earlier stages um, in terms of diagnosis of these conditions, we are um, very important in that aspect as well but we also have a theater where we do some minor surgeries as well
0: Mm -hmm. okay
1: yeah and additionally I do want to increase the research that we're conducting conducting at BFB so not only research from us but other persons coming in that would be able to use our research Mm -hmm. um, to help to to further certain um, awareness and and information about certain conditions
0: okay Well, that seems like a, a big, you know, a, a long list of goals, but I'm sure that you will be able to achieve those at the end of your tenure. Yeah. Um. So I was, you know, I was also wondering what you would say are the most significant challenges facing women with respect to their reproductive and sexual health. I mean, based okay. on what you've seen and, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think definitely based on what I've seen, the first thing that we have to talk about is finances.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, any uh, medical care, um, financial barriers are right at the top of the list. And specifically in this new setting of um, COVID, because um, it has had such a significant economic imp- impact on Barbadians, yeah. true. And since we rely so heavily on tourism and that sector has really being cut. Um, a lot of persons have not been able to continue their their healthcare access. So that's a big challenge. Um, additionally, even before COVID, eco- economic implications can occur things like opportunity costs. So many of the ladies, when they come in, sometimes they, for example, their past smear, they might not have had their past smear Mm -hmm. beyond the due date and they're saying that obviously they don't have the time to take off from work if they leave work to come and do this they're going to lose a whole day's pay or Mm they're going to lose this so things like that all also um do um pose a barrier additionally there are some other barriers for example psychosocial barriers for example stigma particularly internalized stigma um that's more so in our society um because Sexual and reproductive health is still quite taboo. Talking yeah, about it,
0: it's
1: true. Yeah, even with your physician or even some physicians talking about it, it, it is still quite taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does pose a barrier as well. Okay. And uh, also the cognitive accessibility. Um, in school, we're not really taught too much about um, comprehensive sexual and reproductive health. So a lot of the persons sometimes don't even like have that a broad understanding of, of what falls under this umbrella. Um, They might know like things about STIs and pregnancies, but things beyond that, like their menstrual health, what is normal in terms of menstrual health, they're not quite aware of that. So all of these things pose quite um, different, but significant challenges to these ladies.
0: Yeah and so male, sorry. yeah so actually that that's that was where it was going next. you know are there a significant number of men also accessing your services because i know that well the uh BFPA does um you know does cater to men and and maybe what kinds of challenges are are they facing if they're kind of different to the women or similar
1: so we actually do have a specific men's clinic so we have men um our men's clinic is on Wednesdays from about 3 PM till seven PM, and we do have a lot of men who come in there to have their prostate examinations as well as their PSA levels. Um, so I, in particular, at our facility, we don't really see um men having those hindrances to access any men's health care. But for, for men themselves, um, I think some of the same things would apply. Um, men. We we actually had our conference last year in November, and it was centered around men's health because mm-hmm. when we're thinking about things like equity and healthcare, a lot of the time we focus a lot on women. Yeah, um, women's health is very big, but the men's sometimes are are kind of pushed to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And and if we're talking about health equity, we really have to focus on them and really bring in trying to get them to come in to have their 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 checkups and so on. So I think that that aspect of it in terms of the health equity generally um not only in Barbados but internationally looking at men can can pose a barrier to them
0: okay okay well at least some of them are still um accessing um those yeah. ser- those services um and I so, do find like understand- a lot
1: a lot a lot younger men are coming in um for their their process exams as well because usually we see a particularly in older men but mm-hmm. younger men are really um, advocating for their own health and coming in at an earlier stage to have their check
0: that's okay that's that's really good yeah. um, so I know that the uh, Barbies family planet has been around probably since maybe the 50s or so would yeah. you would you say you know do people still can, I know you did mention the, the fire and people maybe you know not knowing as as much that well that they're still there but is it mm-hmm. still like the would you say it's still a prime option amongst the population for sexual and reproductive issues? Um, and you, I know you mentioned some deterrence and that kind of thing, but I guess my question would be around are like young people um, accessing your services as, you know, as well?
1: Um, I think my fatigue would say yes. <laughs> we have a, a lot of, of, of clients still coming into us. Um, okay. Some day the clinic is just so obviously not now with the COVID times, yeah, yeah, true. but we still have a lot of of clients coming coming through. So we're definitely still having the persons coming in. People are still aware of us and mm-hmm. a lot of younger persons too. Um, so even like the persons coming to see me as a physician, that's one thing. But then we have patients who just come for their like testing or if they just come for like, their contraception. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do. Yeah. So we're definitely still thriving. <laughs>
0: well that's good that is that is great to know i'm I'm happy to um to hear that so um you know you did touch on it a bit earlier uh, about the importance of you know data in making the right decisions and creating policy and that kind of thing. So do you think um there is sufficient re- research being conducted on reproductive and sexual health in Barbados and i guess across the region?
1: Um, so there are um, some entities, for example, like UNFPA and PAHO and so on, that do um, conduct a lot of research, particularly around like STIs and HIV-AIDS. Um, but I do still think that there's a deficit um, in other areas of sexual and reproductive health. For example, the menstrual health disorders mm-hmm. um, that I would have mentioned earlier. mentioned earlier, those are still in deficit. And I do think we need to Increase the amount of research we're doing there, not only um quantitatively, like looking at things like incidence and prevalence, mm-hmm. but a lot of the qualitative um, um research, um, particularly for mental health disorders, how these are affecting ladies' quality of life, yeah. um, how it's going on to um affect um things like economics. So, for example, how um absenteeism caused by mental health disorders might implicate in Mm-hmm. Their person's income, things like that, also need to be looked at.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully, you know, um, hopefully we can get some more of that research being done. Um, I guess uh, as a follow-on, do you think that the you know the maybe the deficiency I would say in the research is it that people are not necessarily as interested in these um, this type of research, or is it that you know there's not sufficient funding? I'm just kind of curious.
1: I don't think that persons aren't, aren't interested. Um, I have definitely seen an, an increase in, in the interest in these mm-hmm. areas, particularly with the Association of Endometriosis and PCOS. Right. So I think a lot of it has to do with funding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, economics around healthcare and things like statual on reproductive health, that's still quite taboo. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the funds don't come as liberally for other areas of, okay. of healthcare research so
0: yeah okay fair enough um so i guess that you know that leads me in a way to my other question which is about you know you talked about taboo you know um the other question is about hiv rates in the caribbean you know are we making progress are we doing enough you know i was just curious about about your view on things like that so
1: we we are definitely um um making an impact Um, Mm -hmm. i think the the, i'm not sure if the rates are declining as yet but they're definitely like leveling out and the we um in barbados particularly we already do have a really good um not only in terms of prevention of hiv but the management of persons living with hiv and aids in terms of preventing further complications associated with the disease Um, the HIV AIDS Commission associated with the Ministry of Health is doing quite a lot of work, mm-hmm. as well as smaller NGOs like us at BFBA And there's also an NGO, um, one of our partners, Equals, that looks at um, um, LGBTQ community who does a lot of
0: work um, surrounding that area as well. So we are making strides. OK, that's that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of discussion in Barbados um, about the low birth rate and, you know, the potential that for a labor crisis in the next few years. You know, that's something mm-hmm. we would have heard our prime minister mention. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what would you say are some of the implications of the efforts to improve sexual and reproductive health, you know, given the challenges of an uh, aging population and decreasing fertility rates?
1: So I think that, that's quite a, a complicated question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely agree with you there. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so in terms of like the first aspect in terms of sexual reproductive health for an aging population, um, even working at BFB, I, I do see a lot of older persons coming in um, who are still, no, they're thriving and they're no, still. Um,
0: well, that's encouraging. Ahead. No, I was going to say yes. that. <laughs>
1: So they're, they're definitely living their lives. Um, so, and they do come in. And I think, obviously, for a place like BFPA, where persons are able um, to actually talk um, a lot more freely and don't have that stigma because, obviously, we're known for that, that kind mm-hmm. of area. Yes. They do talk a lot more freer with us. Um, but I, I do think that, particularly among physicians and so on, sometimes it might be a bit more taboo. Mm-hmm. in terms of talking about that but in in the birth rate because obviously we're a family planning association and right, we're known right. for contraception and so on i pre- i don't see the birth rate increasing um anytime soon obviously that's highly um weighted on economics because yeah, i think a lot that's of true. the reason that persons are not having children is because it's very expensive mm-hmm. to support even ourselves <laughs> <pretty> <laughs> no, no lies
0: no lies there <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> so I think um, what we, as, as a government, we probably need to focus on is the general health of the aging population to ensure that these persons are able to lead a lot more dynamic lives, mm-hmm, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously including sexual and reproductive health as well, um, so that they can still be productive at, a, at a, an older age, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's good. Maybe someone's listening. Yeah. <laughs> So aside from your role at um, the family planning, uh, you all—you know, I also mentioned that you are the VP of the Barbados Association of um, Endometriosis and PCOS. So mm-hmm. maybe you can tell us a bit about your own experience with PCOS and, you know, mm-hmm. the work of the association.
1: Okay. Um, so I, I joined officially last year as a vice president by always um Enjoyed volunteering with the association. Um, they do a lot of work not only with these two conditions, but also with other mental health disorders, things like fibroids. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a lot of work surrounding that. I myself um, have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I was diagnosed, I think, in as of 2012 or 2013. Okay. And yeah, so it it that itself has been a struggle in terms of managing the condition because. Um, one of the aspects of the of its management is obviously healthy lifestyle and and nutrition. Um, because a big part of why the disease occurs are Actually, the cycle, that's a whole lot of conversation on its own.
0: <laughs> well, maybe I'll bring you but, back to talk about that specifically. Yes.
1: <laughs> but insulin resistance actually plays a big role in, in, in polycystic ovarian syndrome. So in terms of managing that, um, it has been quite a challenge. Um, but as my role as a vice president, what we have done a lot. Um, so when I first joined, we were actually doing a, a school outreach. Um, okay. I would have mentioned earlier um, in terms of the need for comprehensive sexual and reproductive health education, Mm -hmm. because we might, at school, we're taught about, like, the STIs and pregnancy, but we weren't really taught much about menstrual health, um, the abnormalities that can go on there, so. That is true, that is true. Yeah, yeah, so that was actually very, very enlightening, um, we went around to a variety of schools, and the young girls would have a lot of different, um, questions and then we get a lot of information um from those, those outreaches we do quite a lot of work in terms of um corporate as well so we do like lunch and learn sometimes mm-hmm. okay um before i joined the organization actually produced a book um detailing the chronicles of ladies who live with these conditions um, so it's called invisible but not imaginary and it's actually a very very
0: good book oh maybe yeah. i'll maybe i'll take it up yeah <laughs> Okay so I mean you did mention in, interestingly, in, in, interestingly enough about nutrition and mm-hmm. then because that leads me to the work that you do with the Barbados Childhood Obesity Prevention Coalition so yeah. I was just curious as to you know what motivated you to get involved in that particular initiative. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah
1: so that's also another um, personal interest as well Um, one of the I guess symptoms of PCOS is that sometimes you can gain weight very easily and it may be a bit more difficult to, to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. So I had um, lost quite a significant amount of weight on my own and I was able to keep it off. Although COVID has mainly put back on quite a few. Don't
0: worry, <laughs> you're not alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Um, Coming out of that, it kind of birthed a passion for obesity management and prevention. Um, So when I returned from doing my um, Master of International Public Health, Mm -hmm. I went straight into working and volunteering, really, with the, um, the Healthy Caribbean Coalition. Um, so really, go again. We went out to schools and we we're teaching the students about um, nutrition, particularly sugar, and um, really health literacy in terms of reading labels, encouraging them to do exercise. But that's really a personal passion of mine as well.
0: Okay. Good. So I guess lastly, clearly you're, in an, you're an extremely busy woman, um, yes. <laughs> but I know there was a time when you also ran a book club. So I'm just curious, what's on your nightstand these days? You know, what are you reading or maybe oh. what's the last good thing you've read?
1: So actually, as we're talking right now, I just picked up this book from downstairs by my mom um, and it's called The Universe in an Atom, The Convergence of Science and Spirituality. Mm -hmm. I haven't started reading that just as yet. So I plan to start reading it today. Um, But I just finished You Are Badass at Making Money by James Sincero. I absolutely love that book. So I would implore anybody out there to go and, and read that as well.
0: Well I have to say I have not read any of these two books that you mentioned but, <laughs> but I do love reading though I've been um, listening to audiobooks more lately but I will definitely check them out and I'll let you know yes. what I think.
1: No problem.
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today on Chat Chat Dr. Daisy. It really was informative and interesting and I hope that you know our listeners enjoyed it and learned something and that you know and that they will come and see you at the Barbados Family Planning for sure.
1: Yes, I've been absolutely happy to have them. And thanks again for having me on. And I really do wish you many success um, with your particular endeavour. I do love um, the previous shows that you would have had. And I'm really excited to see where you take this endeavour.
0: Thank you so much. So have a great day. Thank you as well. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to join us every other Wednesday for another episode of Shack Subscribe to our podcast using your favourite podcast platform. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also connect with us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter, or by email at Achillia at ShackShack.com. Let's shake things up.